Hi, Ed. Hey, Mike. What's up? What's happening? What's uh, what's 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 a podcast? It's early for you. <sighs> oh, I've been up for I've been up for uh, quite some time. Uh, as we've t- discussed previously, I have a dog who's like oh, five o'clock. <laughs> seems like a time to get up and just start moving around. Uh, and also this morning, uh, I guess because the, the the warm summer months are coming, there was a, a bird with a lot of opinions about things uh, right outside my window. Oh man, I have to say I hate that. And it's like it's one of those things where if it was like a like a like a sleepy Sunday morning at ten o'clock, it was like oh the birds are chirping and like the breeze is blowing, but like it was it was aggressive, it was adversarial, and I didn't like it. I don't like I don't like that bird. Like I don't like that. Bird. Yeah, Mia and I talk about this often. How we could just if we could just eliminate those birds near our windows, <laughs> that would be desirable. Yeah, <laughs> other whole bird situation on my street. We have crows here in Seattle, and there are these two crows on my street. Uh, we named them Laverne and Shirley. I don't know which is which. One of them's bigger. And then recently, we haven't seen them like flying around as a pair. Now, Lindsay thought that there was only uh, one crow. <laughs> Last night, I saw both crows, but sort of standing opposite oh, sides of the street. So maybe they're fighting or something. I don't know. Maybe it's not even the same crows. I don't know if you knew this, but a lot of crows look very similar. That's not even getting into the whole squirrel situation we have going on at the dumpster. We have a cat problem. We have like all these feral cats like making crazy noises in the back all the time. Yeah, cats for all their like you know uh, mewing and purring, as often portrayed on the internet, uh, that when they yowl, I think I think it's called a yowling noise. It sounds like hell. It sounds like what hell is probably like. All right, and this has been animal talk. An- yeah, animal talk with Mike and Ed. <laughs> you got any snack talk, man? I got a little snack talk. Yeah, well, y'all, why don't you go? Because you you tried something very exciting that I'd like to hear about. Well, you know I'm a huge fan of Pop Rocks. And I'm a huge fan of Oreos. Yep. And so I had the Pop Rock Oreos. Now, just just to recap for our new <laughs> listeners, you have, in fact, gone, I'm not going to say waist deep, but like maybe like mid shin deep into the uh, dark and stormy world of online Oreo uh, black marketing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's call it, let's not call it a black market. These things aren't banned anywhere. It's uh, like secondary. a gray market, secondary market. Again, there you go. Secondary market. No, these we we picked up at the local grocery store. No problem. Now, what I'm finding, and I haven't checked the ounces on the package because who reads things, but it seems like these special editions come out in a smaller package than like a big thing. Like a big thing of Oreos is like three rows deep, right? And these are these these are smaller. I feel like there are fewer Oreos in the special editions. Yeah, I, t- I think I, I mentioned this last time in that they're small enough that somebody like me is tempted to eat them all at once. <laughs> yeah, that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous proposition. Because look, you got you got large hands. You're a big guy. Sure. Like how many? It's easy. Like how many? Uh, how many Oreos can you grab in a rack? Like I feel like I could like I'm holding up my hand to the camera. I, I could like probably just carry in my hand six to seven Oreos. Sure. Stack on I top mean, of I, look, I'll confess to eating a whole batch. This happened. <laughs> oh, it's definitely happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, no one's proud of it. I'm a little proud of it. See, I got these, but I couldn't find the. There's like a waffle one, right? So I, I made the god awful mistake uh, of following some. I think it's called Junk Food Isle on Instagram, and they oh, sort of chronicle nice. all these different special editions. But they've now, you know, gone to the place where all uh, special editions go to, in which they're now like there are some retailer exclusives. So like the jelly donuts were only available at Walmart. Oh right, those were the ones I really wanted. Oh, yeah, only at Wal- there's no Walmart by me. It's. It's like uh, it's like the prophet Meatloaf once said, uh, I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. And so like, I, I feel like I will do anything for a special edition Oreo. Ah, but God, going to a Walmart just seems like a bridge too far, you know? And also, I don't know where there is one. 
I'm sort of with you on that. What what would you would you consider them in the secondary market? Yeah, probably. And I'm not. I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm not that much of a fucking snob. Okay, uh, I I'll I'll go to a Walmart. I've been to a Walmart within the last calendar year. I just like like I don't know where there is one uh, in Seattle. You live you live in a, a a liberal utopia like this here in Seattle, and they keep these big box stores out. You see, <laughs> it's a conspiracy, man. So that so the mom and pop Oreo stores can can thrive. So these things are not even really pop rock Oreos. They're firework Oreos. Well, sure, because then you get in like that's a that's a whole licensing issue, I imagine. Right. Like why license the official pop rock name when you can just, you know, sort of sell it on your own? I, I have this funny feeling that there was this meeting where Oreo went to the pop rock people and were like, this is what we can do. What do you think? And they're like, nope, because these aren't that good, man. <laughs> they barely pop. I think when we first sort of saw these speculated about or whatever, my whole thing was, in my mind, along with the popping uh, and the chance of death if you drink a Coke, the Pop Rocks are uh, fruit flavored, whereas an Oreo is a chocolate. And I, I'm just not real down with mixing up my uh, my chocolates and my fruits. Oh, uh, right. The firework ones, you if you peel them apart. Sure. Which any, which any right-thinking American would do. Sure. And you can pretty much lift the whole cream center out of the cookies. And if you eat it like that, then you maybe feel the pop rocks. Right. But if you don't eat it like that, it's kind of like a sludge in your mouth. Well, the Oreo is a crunchy cookie, right? So it's like, how are you going to, how are you going to differentiate between a crunch and a pop? Yeah. So yeah, th- these are the only ones I could find. I couldn't find the others at all. So they're all right. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> seen, uh, yeah, I haven't seen any of the special editions other than the, uh, the fireworks. Yeah. There's a, there's a, I think a waffle and syrup. There's a jelly donut out there in the world. I did just see, I don't think, I don't know if these are new, but uh, I like a golden Oreo myself, which, you know, may be considered blaspheming by many, but I'm a fan. No, I like them. Uh, And I saw the golden double stuffs at the store recently. Oh, see, those I have not seen. I would like those. (laughs) Yeah, I'm here for that. You ever eat, um, are they called like Vienna fingers? You know those cookies? Yeah. And and that's why. That's why I like the golden Oreo, because it's it's evocative of the Vienna finger sandwich. <laughs> a cookie that I sorry, a cookie that I frankly never felt had enough cream inside. Uh, and so the, the idea of a double stuff is very, very attractive to me. <laughs> where where are you at with snacking on nuts? <laughs> uh, I, I, I couldn't even say that with a straight face. Acting Dean, my castle, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Oh man, it's such a, it's such fraught territory because I will like put down a giant can of like a of like a salty almond or something, and especially I used to really get down for the uh, like the flavored, you know, yeah, sure, me the too. Uh, the wasabi soy or the uh, whatever else, and then you just sort of start to realize you might as well just eat an entire shaker of salt. Like really, it's a it's a salt delivery system at that point. You know, <laughs> what about peanuts? Like peanut like like peanuts out of the shell? Yeah, like you know, like but you know, like, the ball game? No, no, like um. If you're going to get them roasted or salted or bare or honey roasted, I'm curious. See, I I feel like the uh, the peanut uh, in my mind is the filler nut of the mixed nuts. You know, like anytime you have a can of mixed nuts, really? you eat everything else. And then eventually you're like, well, I guess I'll eat all these goddamn peanuts that are left over. I already fished out all the cashews and all the almonds. God forbid a goddamn filbert. So uh, those are your go-to nuts is the almond and the cashew. Yeah, some of them, yeah. Uh, and like, and then you like, you know, you, you, you root around for that one Brazil nut, right? Like, Oh, look at this. Look at this big nut, big giant nut. <laughs> I worked at a, um, a Hallmark card store. Sure. You did. And in the front they sold, you know, candy and mixed nuts and cashews and all kinds of stuff. Right. Huh? And 
One time, like, I, this is like this is like this is like knockoff C's stuff, right? Like, don't spend all that money on C's. Like, come to the Hallmark store, get a greeting card, buy some lesser oh, nuts. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Oh yeah, we don't have C's on the East Coast, man. Fucking savage. For those of you who don't know, C's candy is like I guess a West Coast thing. Yeah, I guess that's true. I see. That's funny because I know somebody who used to bring it back home to Iowa all the time. I thought it was maybe just a coastal thing. It's strictly it's strictly a West Coast. Yeah, I bring the peanut brittle back for Mia. Okay. But anyway, what what I was going to say is. On one of my shifts, I just started eating the salted cashews. Sure. You know, like I figured out I'll just steal one or two on my shift. No big yeah. deal. No, I was like, nobody will notice. That's how most criminal empires start. And then at the end of the shift, man, there were no cashews. <laughs> and I had to spend, you know, like $20 for like a pound of cashews or something. Yep, it's ridiculous. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that's I don't have much snack talk. I haven't been doing much snacking, to be honest. So wait, I'm sorry, did you did you have deep feelings about peanuts? Well, I just go to honey roasted whenever I can. I've been eating them like yeah, crazy, I wouldn't. guess. That's been my main snack food lately. They uh they grow they grow underground. It's a it's legume, isn't it? Yeah, and then you know, I I was not even a nut. I was in Georgia. You're eating lies. Georgia I had, lies. <laughs> in Georgia I had unroasted peanuts. That sounds terrible. Yeah, you know what? I thought it was pretty terrible. And then you yeah. realize what your the whole flavor is the roasting. Yeah, exactly. It's, and 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 the salt. Like accidentally buying unsalted peanut one time and then just hate your life for a week, you know? It's just like it's it's the worst. Uh the only other snack talk I have is I'm watching an interesting situation develop in my office, uh so some sort of inner office candy politics where uh, uh a coworker she puts on these workshops and everybody gets like a mug full of candy and then the leftover mugs full of candy get like brought back and sort of dumped on a desk. And like me, I'm like, Ooh, give me, give me that, give me that coffee mug. I'm not allowed to have the coffee mugs, but I am allowed to have the candy. And so watching the order in which the candy sort of like depletes, uh, is very interesting to me. Cause I'm, I'm over there just like grabbing all the crackles and the Kit Kats, you know, <laughs> uh, other people are all about a Snickers, but the universal seems to be like, nobody wants a dum dum. There's just like giant piles of of dum dums, nobody wants them. it. Does like, hard candy has like, give, like me the, an give me the chocolate thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So people are. I mean, this is. I mean, this isn't rocket science, right? Like people are all about the chocolate, uh, and then I, now what I will do is I will fish out those uh, those little strawberry candies with the soft centers. Oh yeah, okay. The like hard, hard, the hard strawberry. Yeah, they're it's like the shiny foil looks like a strawberry. Man, you're an old man. Um, what uh, what you find with those sometimes <laughs> is it's either it's either you get a knockoff brand or you just get like a couple of duds and you get one that doesn't have a soft center in it. Oof. And it's just, it's just like, it, it, it's like God kicking in the, in the balls. It's just, it's the worst, it's the worst possible thing that can happen to a human being. Because you're dying for that center, right? Well, it's like you're working towards you. Like, oh, here it comes. Oh, yeah. Oh, here comes that sock. Okay, coming up on that soft sock. So, what? No. No. And it's just very sad. Oh, man. You're hilarious. I'm also, and here's the other problem with the office candy and the little tiny candy bars. Because of where my desk is positioned and because we're just like we're we're crammed in there, like, you know, uh, the, the chickens you, you read about in uh, in PETA uh, exposés. <laughs> and so to get to the garbage can, I have to sort of like scooch behind uh, the woman that I sit next to. And like, I don't want to uh, bug her every time I like go and throw away a candy wrapper. So I've just been like ditching him in my top desk drawer. Oh, no. And, oh, man. That's a rude awakening when you like go in there looking for like a, a post-it note or something like that. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of little tiny crackle wrappers. That happened you know, to like me when I worked place. at Mule, man. M- yeah, they accumulate. Mike see, was see. so judgmental of my candy eating that I literally hid the wrappers all day. Yep. 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 So that's that's what I have going on. That's sort of been the bulk of my uh, the bulk of my snack consumption has been little tiny crackles. I would pick out all the cream flavored dum-dums. Yeah, but see, then it's like 
it again, we're into office politics. But like I can't sit there and like I can't hover over the candy pile and like root through it for the good stuff. You got to just sort of do a flyby and like be opportunistic, you know, and like I can't go there like, nope, 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 nope. Because I agree. Like I, I like a dum dum. But like I need to be a little more surgical with it. I can't just go in there and like grab a handful of dum dums and get one of those mystery flavors and like what even is that? This like, is not. not I'm, cool. I'm not going to risk that. You know. I, I assume mystery flavor was like the overrun of all the other batches. Like it's got to be sweet yeah. and tasty, but they just can't give it a flavor name, right? Exactly. Like we don't know what to call this thing. It's <laughs> sort of vaguely orange. Put a stick in it, and now it's a mystery <laughs> flavor. Like it's not. It's not any sort of actual flavor lottery. All right. I got a lot of comic talk, man. Do you? Yeah. Is there like a new Punisher series I should know no, about? Did you no. see the picture? Uh, I, I tweeted at you a picture of a Punisher action figure. Oh, you did? That I'm it sure it's already on your Christmas list. It was the the guy from the Netflix show, right? I love the Marvel as a stuff where they're like, we're all in on the comics, uh, the TV show versions of these characters. Like, unless we're not, you know, it's fine. And so it's this collection of action figures that's like Daredevil from the show, Elector from the show, Punisher from the show. But there's also just like a bullseye. Who's like sort of a weird mashup of comics and and oh like weird really classic comics and like the current one with the scar on his forehead and there's some other character anyway it's out of this Marvel Legends line I think that's what it's still called where you buy the figure and then it also comes with one piece of like a mega figure and so if you buy the whole set then you get to build yourself a man thing who doesn't want to build a man thing no why would there be man thing in there oh you just got real quiet in my headphones oh I did is that better. Oh, you know what? It was me. There's a volume. Look at this. There's a volume knob right there on my, uh, right there on oh, my Ed, thing. Ed. Come on. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I'm, I'm sorry. I was fiddling with knobs. You know, I like to fiddle with knobs. <laughs> so yeah, so you, so you collect, you get the whole, the whole set, uh, you build yourself a man thing, but I think they're still doing the shitty thing that toy distributors have always done where there's like, you know, 45 daredevils, 300 punishers and like three electors. But like, you got to get them all if you want to build a fucking man thing. But why would anybody care about man thing? Look, I understand what you're saying. I hear you. But you like you buy yourself a Punisher and you're like, oh, look at this. I got a man thing arm. Oh, I'd only have to buy six more things. No, I, like, I, sell, I don't know. It, like, you know, like it, you would you would think they'd give you a special like daredevil in a yellow costume or something. You get but what I, I think mean? what they do is like they have these characters like it's it's for it's for the super diehards. It's for the completionists, right? Like they're never going to put out in his own blister pack a man thing figure, right? But like dudes with 600 long boxes of <laughs> Journey to Mystery comics. And I'm pointing at myself when I say this, like, we'll be like, shit, I do want a man think figure. Right. The only way to get it is to buy these eight other figures. Fine. I'm in, you know? No, I get it. I I've been that sucker before, but I would, I man thing is not something that would entice me. Ed. But like they did one, uh, a, a, a much earlier set. I, I say much earlier, like this is back when I was working at a comic book store. Uh, there was a Modoc, you know, like for sure. Like I'm going to buy seven very expensive action figures just to build myself a Modoc. Fuck. Yes, I am. Yeah, I would do that too. Didn't. Actually. I couldn't find his foot, but whatever. Did you, have you seen that Mondo makes these pins? these enamel pins for comic book characters like they have a partnership with marvel i guess is anybody not making an enamel pin at this point i'm literally looking at a pile of enamel pins on my desk right now i couldn't help myself man i picked up a little kingpin pin a little punisher pin a little daredevil pin, pin, pin? a kingpin pin which kingpin is it uh fat white guy pink. <laughs> like classic like white jacket purple ass guy yeah exactly right yep, okay so one. it's not you're not like walking around with like a vincent d'onofrio pin no no, uh, no. On it's your... just an illustration of his face it's not real life and so what do you let me let me ask you a question again as somebody who has a pile of pins what do you what do you pin your pins to my bag okay yeah me too I, but i i just recently purchased myself a denim jacket which is like my favorite thing i've ever done like do i want to be a guy you finally did it yeah a- acid wash no, you know what happened? What? Uh, somebody, somebody on on Twitter.com 
said, are you going to get a blue, a blue one or a black one? And so my whole conundrum has been like, I wear jeans every day, right? I don't want to be, I don't want to be denim on denim guy. I don't, I don't want to be, that's true. You know, you, Canadian you, tuxedo. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, they make a black jean jacket. I'm, I'm going to get that. And I did. And it's made by the Levi's Corporation. This is not a sponsored post. And gosh, I really like it. And it actually like fits, it fits my bulky frame, uh, damn near perfect. But like, do I want to be a guy who pins a bunch of pins to my jacket or like, is that, I think you're you know, already that guy. But I, yeah, so like I have like I, I haven't pinned the pins to my jacket, but like I'm, I'm in my heart. I'm already that guy is what you're saying. I ordered on Amazon these little pin backs that make so it the, so they don't the, pop the screw off. Screw kind? They're not screw kind, but they have like a pressure lock. They work great, actually. OK, yeah, because uh, half of mine are held onto my bag with pencil erasers right now, which I find actually work better than oh, uh, the regular. Huh. It's been, been it's been pin talk, pin talk with Mike and Ed. <laughs> but this is the whole thing like at conventions now. Like I know I think PAX uh, up here in Seattle and now all over the globe is one of the places that started this with the uh, penny arcade where they'll like release exclusives at certain panels. And then like you can go and like you can get them and then you like pin trading is the whole thing, I guess. Like you got all your pins stuck to your lanyard and you're like, oh, you've got the flibble blots and i've got the lots of who's like let's swap them <laughs> good with my know. encyclopedic knowledge of characters i couldn't think of an example right there so i just ran with it <laughs> yeah enamel pins uh, mer- merch toys you read some comics you said. i did so on your recommendation i finally i finally read all of preacher oh my gosh michael my heart just grew three sizes this day all 66 issues and all the specials and, oh, and all you, all the specials and all like the miniseries. Yeah, everything. Is, no, there is not a preacher. Preacher has not appeared in something. Miniseries eyes. Miniseries. Miniseries. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, no. There's a couple one shots, which are weird because they have a different artist, but they're good though. They are weird, and especially I tell people this all the time. People, nobody talks to me about this. I yell at, at strangers on the street. In the trades, you run along in the series like one, two, three. You know, this is like back when people bought trade paperbacks and then you got to trade paperback number four and it's like a collection of all the minis and one shots or a bunch of them. Oh, and you're funny. like, whoa, different artist. And now we're like reading four issues about the Saint of All Killers family and backstory, which, while interesting, is like a little jarring when like and again, this is back in the day when it was like, oh, yeah, the next trade's finally coming out. And like I'll order it from Amazon dot com, not a sponsored post. Uh, and it finally gets there. And it's like, this isn't even the next chapter of the story. Oh, I could see that would be a bummer. See, I read them all. But now we live in a digital future yeah, where like, right, I exactly. Can just, I can probably read her on my coffee cup. And if you if you read them in chronological order, the one shots, they they appear in, in sort of good time, actually. You know, like you, right when you're about to deal with the Saint of Killers, you get the backstory of the Saint. You get what I mean? It like, it works out really well. And I don't know, I wasn't reading Preacher as it came out. So I don't know if that was a sort of thing where like the series was rambling along and then they like took a break and did a mini. um, Or if these things were sort of happening like in parallel. I don't know what the like the actual release schedules were like. But um, like I said, reading them in trade, I'll, I'll, I'll fully admit, I think it's trade number four. I would frequently skip during my my yearly rereads. I read it the first time through, but like sort of breeze over it uh, in future reads. I was trying to figure out if I should read them or not. And one of the comments mm-hmm. online was something like, you don't have to read them, but you should. Yeah. And I was like, okay, and they're good all, enough. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I usually am. I think they're all written by Ennis. Yeah, so they're 100%. all, you know, it's not yeah. like, uh, it's not like these are sort of like half a fan fiction that got woven in. Like these are original writerly stuff that just sort of got 
published differently. So should we set so what'd it you up? Think? Should we shit. set it up a little bit? You mean now that we talked about it for half an hour? Well, yeah, I mean, we you want to, well, just walk <laughs> us through who the characters are so that at least when we talk about it, people know what the hell we're talking about. So uh, <laughs> it, it, it revolves around uh, our boy Jesse Custer, a preacher from Texas who has, at least from the beginning, we think, uh, stumbled into this power uh, who they sort of refer to as the word, the word of God, where he can literally tell you to do something and you will do it literally like the word of god uh we've got his on again off again on again girlfriend tulip Mm -hmm. we've got uh cassidy an irish vampire yes we've got uh the saint of all killers who's sort of dispatched from heaven who's like a western gunfighter who is my favorite character of all time maybe (laughs) dude dude not not enough guns Uh, we've got uh, you've got Air Star, who sort of works for this shadowy organization called the Grail. That's kind of like one of those Illuminati, which is uh, behind insane. the scenes, insane shot callers. It's totally insane. Okay, totally insane. Uh, and so that's sort of the, the the core of it, I guess. I mean, there are mm-hmm. uh, others come and go, um, but those are it, it, the the main trio is essentially uh, Cassidy, uh, Jesse, and Tulip. Yep, and they are uh, on a mission to hunt down God because he's gone missing from heaven to find God and basically just ask him like, what the fuck? Or hold him accountable is the plan. Yeah. Now, while you were describing that, Mm -hmm. I can't help but now want to talk about how insane Supernatural is compared to this stuff. Like Supernatural is basically Preacher and Sandman and American Gods all tied up in a bow. And oh, totally. I'm reading this going like, you're such a ripoff artist, Kripke. Like you read, if you, <laughs> if you read Preacher, you're like, oh my God, this is like the, the sketch for Supernatural. Yeah. In a lot of ways, totally. Yeah. The, between the hunting of God and the personification of the characters as like, you know, people on earth, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the, that it's like a road comic, you know, that they're yep. constantly on the road, the whole thing mm-hmm. and the banter and the front seat, the whole deal is like. Oh, now I know what he was reading when he was a kid, you know, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and this and we should say this came out, uh, what, in the early to mid 90s? Yeah. I think it ra- I want to say it wrapped up around 96. Is that accurate? You know, and I have the page open right now. Hold on. Um, like the, the year 93 is jumping out in my head, but I thought 90s are sort of a blur for me. I, I was listening to a lot of ska. The end of the 90s. Weird. I guess the last issue was published in October 2000. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. That's why I was out of it. I think. Where does the time go? Sorry, I just, had, I just had a reflective moment. It won't happen again. <laughs> it really is so good. It may be one of the best series I've ever read, really. So this is, it is in, for me, a pretty small group of things that I, not like, not, it's like an alarm goes off my head. I don't think like, oh, it's March 1st, time to reread Preacher, you know? But Preacher, Transmetropolitan, and Planetary are sort of the big oh, three wow, okay. that very rarely will a calendar year go by without me reading all or most of it like from from front to back yeah i read dark knight returns every year probably Mm -hmm. i kind of can't help myself sure like something will remind me out in the world and i have to pull it off the shelf and the next thing you know i'm reading the whole thing you'll just be walking down the street you'll see a woman with you know with giant swats to uh, on her nipples (laughs) and you'll think gosh it's time to reread uh dark knight you got it how did you know how did you know i know Uh, i know your triggers michael but man preacher is like this the way ennis gets into the characters mm-hmm. you even maybe feel like he cares more about the character the the characters than the overall plot oh for sure because because really the way it meanders and they try to find god and it's not 
I cared very little about that in a way and cared very deeply about the characters. It's so it's so video gamey in some sense, because like you've got these. Yeah, you've got these characters and they've got like one thing they're supposed to do. Go find God. And then they keep getting like diverted on all these side missions and fetch quests. Right. Where it's like, like, shouldn't you just like, aren't shouldn't you go do the thing you're supposed? Oh, no. Now we got to go find a guy who's got a magic hat and, you know, talk to him about a snake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's but yeah. And then through that, like you through through flashbacks and through like interacting with people from their past and everything else, like you like the, the world gets gets bigger but still stays like so focused on the core you know three people for the most part how long of a period did you read it over like a couple days but yeah you so you, you powered yeah through it i powered through it it was really okay. i kind of i really i couldn't put it down and it's what it's 60 some odd issues plus the yeah 66 issues like with like seven minis i think yeah one thing i found that i sent to ed that was really funny because i i can't help but read everything <laughs> Uh-huh. Was the only other appearance of Preacher outside of the sort of the main continuity was a spoof in some comic trade where they, you remember those hostess ads? Yeah. Where they had Spider-Man and Captain America and Incredible Hulk sort totally. of selling you hostess fruit pies. Like defeating criminals by like distracting them with Twinkies yeah, and shit they, or fruit they, pies. Yeah. There's a character in Preacher called like Pius, right? The that the the guy who runs the Grail, the big guy that they kill in the end. Oh, uh, the the All Father, uh, Darnique, is that his yeah, name? Yeah, the All Father, All Father Darnique. Yeah. But they, he's referred to as Pious something in the comics. So they make sure. this weird joke where he's like a pie guy in this yeah. spoof ad. And so this is one of those things yeah. where you can tell it was like it was like a pun somebody wrote in the margins of a script, and then they like needed a filler page for some. I bet that was out of one of the. Um, they used to do Vertigo uh, Holiday anthologies oh yeah that might have been it but it was and so it was you'll really find bad uh, but i got that obsessed i had to read yeah. all of it <laughs> well that's 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 your way michael <laughs> i know i know but even then the the i kept wondering how they were going to end it yeah and i and i know you know i after i finished i went and read some stuff online about preacher and i guess some people had trouble with the ending but man i was a weepy mess had trouble with the ending because sort of like it it is it's uh, a and if you haven't read, if you haven't read preacher like you know go read it and, and come back and listen to this i guess i don't know i'm not gonna worry about spoilers for a 20 year old no, comic no, but no. <laughs> it does have one of those like everybody kind of gets their happy ending in a way even even characters who make like a grand noble sacrifice sort of walk away not unscathed but like you know sort of get sort of get their happy ending. It's very, you know, going back to Supernatural, it's very much one of those like, oh, you sacrificed yourself for the greater good, but like then an angel said you were still alive. So we're all, <laughs> we're all good here. And also like I, I, it's funny, each time I reread it as I become, you know, an, an older, uh, an older man, like I get, I get a little, so there's a little part of me that gets a little pissed off that like Tulip, you know, like still forgives him in the end. You know, it's like this, like he just keeps fucking lying to you and like pulling that macho, like Texas guy bullshit of like, I'm, I'm doing this for your own protection when she's very capable of taking care of herself as she's proven time and again. Yeah. That whole thing is funny, but then, you know, in the end, man, he cries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. He gives her this one thing that he could never do before. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that shows change somehow. I guess it was harder for like it was harder <laughs> for that to get its hooks into me as someone who like, you know, cries regularly. That doesn't feel as much of like a, a gigantic, you know, noble sacrifice as it did for him. Oh, funny. I, I that's when I started crying, man. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll tear I, again. I reread it every year and like I will tear <laughs> up multiple times throughout. 
it is it is funny to have such an emotional reaction to a comic that has a character named Arseface. That is, yeah, that is true. And has a gaping hole in his face. And again, so rooted in the 90s, right? He was what? He was emulating uh, Kurt Cobain's uh, his hero, Kurt Cobain, by putting a shotgun in his mouth. Courtney did it. It's brutal. I mean, really, to see that character on the page. Yeah. And the trouble they go through to translate how he talks. Yeah. Like, there are whole word balloons that are just like, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And like my weird comic brain, like I can't skip word balloons. So even when he's doing his thing, like I sort of I quickly in my head read the and then read, you know, the translation of it underneath. Like I can't just I know that it's nonsense garbled vowels, but I can't just skip right. No, to me too. I read the, the whole translation. Thing. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't know what that is. You've you've watched some of the show, right? I watched the first handful of episodes. Yeah, it's it's one of those. I, I, I liked what I saw. Um, I think we talked about this real briefly when uh, the pilot first oh, yeah, dropped. Right, I was kind of right, shaky right. on it. Uh, then there's that moment where he's drunk and he like he sort of lets out half a smirk while he's like punching some loud mouth in the face. I'm like, oh, I just saw him. That's Jesse Custer. Like that's yeah, it's like that's the guy. That's the guy I'm hoping to see more <laughs> of. And then in classic, uh, I'm a dumb idiot fashion. It was a show that uh, that I was interested in. Uh, Lindsay, it didn't get her, her, uh, its hooks into her. And so I just, I never got around to like, you know, setting aside some ed time to watch it. It's funny because they, and I, I don't want to be that guy that's like, well, the book did it this way and the show does it this way, but the show does a lot of work to change the story. Uh-huh. I think in a way, what we're going to see in season two is where preacher starts in the comic. So as I understand, like season two is much more of the road trip. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Like the, the entire season one is set in, in salvation. Yeah, exactly. So the whole season yeah. one, I mean, they've even changed how him and Tulip meet and how Tulip meets Cassidy right. and the, the way the show sets it up in a way they did a whole season to establish, establish their relationship so that they can go on the road. Totally. Whereas the comic starts with them just in this crazy way already on the road. So I get it. I get it. I get why they did it. I think for sure they they had to do, they, I think they had to do a little bit more. Um, I mean, listen when you're when you're talking about a show about a guy with the word of God and his ex girlfriend who may or may not be a hitman woman and an Irish vampire, you got to do a little bit of world building before you just dive in for a TV show like a comic book. You just like, well, it's a comic book, like some crazy shit's happening. But I think for a TV show, you got to do a little bit more foundation building. Yeah, uh, exactly. and I think the show will, you know eventually be, be better for it once they do get out on the road. It is funny, like I when I'm watching Preacher, I can't help but think that like, oh, this is so weirdly like supernatural, which now I feel like, oh my God, supernatural is so weirdly like <laughs> Preacher. Which I will relate in the nerdiest way to like once you read Dune, you you then go and watch Star Wars and you're like, Oh my god, like George Lucas yeah. stole everything from Dune and nobody knows. Yeah. And then you watch everything is Dune. And then you watch the movie Dune and you're like, Well, this is just a rip of Star Wars. It's like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> What's the the famous uh, sort of I said famous YouTube video like that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> everything is a remix. Oh uh, yeah, it's one right. of the yeah, that's a great one. Which is funny. I just heard a couple other guys on their show talking about that. But yeah, that idea that like nothing, you is know, new. No, nothing, <laughs> yeah. nothing, nothing comes from nothing. You know, like everything is sort of a new spin on an old thing. Well, let's just talk a little about the Santa Killers, man. <laughs> because you can't. and and it's so funny because it's it's the whole thing is so steeped in. 
in an obvious, you know, love for the American Western, right? Oh God. Yeah. The whole comic. Yeah. And you know, it's the guy from Texas and it's, you know, it's the whole, I tell you one of the parts that, that, that will cut me up every time is obviously the speech that, uh, that John Custer gives to his kid, right? Where he's like, you gotta be one of the good ones. There's too many of the bad. I yeah. misty. Like, nice. I, I think about Let's that. Let's make Ed somewhat cry. Frequently. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's sort of steeped in a lot of that, like, you know, gunfighter like machismo texas stuff and then you've got the fucking santa killers who's just like fucking wow man it's so has good. he shown does he show up in the tv show yet uh i think so that's a good okay. question i would have to rewatch to remember but the, i'm just curious who they got oh no no him. he's he's in it he's in it okay so the saint of killers for those of you who don't know he goes to get medicine right and when he's trying to get medicine for his family, he gets entangled in some, you know, some, some wild west bullshit, let's say, uh-huh. which makes it so he can't get back to his family to get the medicine and they die. Yeah. And they die, they die sort of terribly at the hands of, of a band of outlaws or something, right? Oh, that I don't, uh, really? <laughs> did, I, did I that wrong? Or did he get waylaid by the band of outlaws? Yeah, that's, and that's, no, why he that's what get happened. He gets waylaid okay. by the band of outlaws. Gotcha. So what happens the, is the, McCree, the McCrees, right? The McCready boys. Yeah. And so to get revenge, I mean, not to, I mean, he basically goes out and gets revenge, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when he dies and goes to hell, hell freezes over. Yeah. Because he's so bad. He's got like, yeah, he's got so much hate in his heart. <laughs> Which, like, and so I had to read that issue twice, man. Like, and so what's his, what's his, uh, he, he, I mean, he's the angel of death. Yeah. Well, this is what happens is, is he makes a deal to become the angel of death. Yeah. But instead of being like, you know, the, in the flowing robes and the wings and the, and the flaming sword or whatever, he's a six foot, whatever dude in a duster jacket with, with magical cults, dude. With magic, with magic six shooters. But dude, here's the thing: the magic six shooters, when they give them to him, they say they can kill anything, right? Mm-hmm. So he straight up shoots the devil, man, and kills yep. him, right? Yep. Magical guns that can kill the devil and stuff, man. Supernatural, mm-hmm. man. It's killing me yeah. how much they stole. <laughs> I mean, it's even called the cult in Supernatural. It's uh... just like it's such theft. I can't even take it, man. Like it's just not cool. It's it's like you're somebody who's been enjoying like you know like dramatic movies and films and then just found out about Shakespeare. Okay, like maybe that's exaggerating, but it's that whole thing, you know it's that like <laughs> but, you know like this character man the way the he's so consistent in the best way right like yeah you know like they hand him these guns and they're like they can kill anything and he's like oh yeah pop and then shoots the devil like on the spot like he's like let's test these out <laughs> and just like. The way he just keeps going and going and won't stop in the comic. He's got like he's got a little bit of that Jason Voorhees thing, right? Of like he's never runs, but he's always right behind you. Like he's just so deliberate <laughs> and so like it, it reminded me of um oh the or raising Arizona, the guy who's on the motorcycle the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then I mean this is the ending, so sorry for the spoilers again, but you know, he shoots God with those guns, man. Yep. And then just sits on the throne and that's it. He becomes, yep. he becomes like the God, basically. It's the best. Because he, best. let's see what happens. He, um, you know, there, there's all the machinations down on earth for Jesse to, to die, thus driving uh, this being Genesis out of him. And so once, and so once that's dead or dead and gone, like it's now safe for him to return to him. Because what happens is it being uh, Genesis gets created uh, through the unholy union of an angel and a demon. Right. Yep. And, 
it's something sort of more powerful than God himself, which we find that God created because he basically so desperately wanted to be loved. He wanted to create something he couldn't control that would then love him. And then, you know, like sort of your classic Huber situation, like was hoisted on his own on his own halo. Yeah. So Genesis is dead and gone. And he's like, it's finally safe to return to heaven. And yeah, Santa Killers just puts one in his fucking melon. It's the best. I mean, really, that character is so amazing. Yeah. Like that moment is probably, I think, like it's a great moment. What is it? War in the Sun, where they have the whole tank brigade just to sort of like uh, on the Indian reservation, just to, you know, oh, to, yeah, to capture right, 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 Jesse. Right, right. And so it's, it's so funny. Like you've got these, you've got these like army dudes with their tanks and they like draw a beat on the Santa killers. And the one guy's like, I've always wanted to try this. And he, like, <laughs> he blasts him with the tank and he just, he shrugs it off and starts just like, you know, it's a guy with, with a couple of six shooters just blowing apart. They drop a fucking nuke on him. And then like, as the flames clear, you know, he, he spits in the dust and says, not enough gun, which is like my, <laughs> it's like it's like it's right up there with like we're gonna need a bigger boat with me in terms of just like you don't know what you just fucking started (laughs) you know it's funny i just read on this page that the saint of killers makes a cameo appearance in in ennis's comic hitman oh really which means now i'm good now i'm gonna have to read that (laughs) interesting that's you know what that's one that's been on my my to read uh list for about a million years um so i'll have to track that down eventually uh because i've I've always heard great things about hit hitman hitman Uh, was one of those like i can't believe this exists in the dc universe things are getting kind of weird era of stuff like right when vertigo was sort of first bubbling up was was hitman a vertigo book i guess it must i'm not sure but he but i think that guy hitman debuted in an actual marvel comic or excuse me dc comic oh like a straight continuity comic you mean and then yeah it was part Uh, of okay it's weird that i know this is from uh uh, a storyline called i think bloodlines where these aliens basically like would I don't know, like attack people and in doing so somehow gave them powers. And so it was this whole, I think it was this effort to like, you know, we're, we're resting on our laurels. Let's invent a bunch of new characters all at once. And I don't think any of them stuck. Oh, weird. Hitman sort of had his, had his day for a while. the other thing too is, well, two things I realized about this one, man, Steve Dillon was so good, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh God. Like what a consistent, beautiful run through a book. Like, mm-hmm. It's the other, the one shots and the minis are really good. Right. But, but without his artwork, they're not preacher. And I think that's why I'm, I'm so willing to sort of like, just, you know, wave at him as I stroll by in my, on my yearly reread, uh, is because yeah, without, I mean, without Dylan, it's not, it's not it's the not same. It's just not the me. same. Yeah. I mean, he really is a co-creator, like the way he embodies oh, his sure. characters and the, the, I mean, really he's. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the other thing I realized is, you know, it's like when you hear about Preacher, you never hear about the weird grail stuff. Yeah. Like nobody talks about the secret society and the, the all the weirdness with like the, there's this whole plot about the blood, the bloodline of Jesus yeah. Christ and how they've been keeping <laughs> yeah. it alive by inbreeding. And it's all, <laughs> it's really ridiculous and sort of overly complicated. Humper dumper de doo. <laughs> and so yeah, they have they have this guy who is the direct blood descendant of Jesus Christ, but because they've inbred so much to keep the bloodline pure, he's uh he's not right. Yeah, and they've been essentially relying <laughs> on faith, thinking he'll be fine eventually. Yeah, and exactly. The, somebody in the organization, what's his name? Hair Air Star. Air Star. Yeah. He decides that Jesse would make a much better 
um, Messiah. Messiah. So the the, yeah. he, the the whole plot to get Jesse as a way to implant him as like the next Messiah, right? Yeah, exactly. And that whole thing, man, that all that background machinations and all, all that craziness, I completely understand why Marvel was like, you can have Punisher and you can do whatever you want yeah. with it. Right. Because all that Punisher stuff, like the, the there's similar backstories in Punisher and some of the Ennis mm-hmm. stuff, and there's all these the sort of how gruesome preacher is and how violent it is. I'm I get why Marvel was like, here are the keys to one of our yeah, characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it felt like in a way, if a, like a couple of years ago, if you if you had just said Mike, it kind of reads like a Punisher comic. Yeah. <laughs> I probably would have just read it in two nights, you know. But it's really the depth of the characters, man, it's really this is the best thing Ennis has ever did. Ever ever been, mm-hmm. I think. It's yep. incredible. Yep. No, and it's and it's one of those where like you have, you know, you have a character like Cassidy who is like a real piece of shit. You <laughs> yeah, know? totally. And I and I think it's sort of, you know, it's it's a story that's certainly been told, you know, before. Like if you're immortal, like how do you, you know, how do you stay attached to people and how do you not, you know, sort of treat them as disposable when like you're gonna watch them get old and die and like you're never gonna age, whatever. But then sort of puts that spin on it where it's like, well, fuck, if you're immortal, like maybe you'll just do heroin for like 40 years, you know? Um, or maybe, like <laughs> like imagine like I mean, but imagine being a drug addict who can't die. Like that's sort of an interesting yeah. concept, right? To like to to have all of the all of the ails of heroin addiction, you know, still affect you, but like you won't die. That's a lot, you know, and like how like and again, like how wouldn't that, you know, whatever, like absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Like how wouldn't immortality like kind of turn you into a, a, a real piece of shit? <laughs> and yet you still feel for him in a lot of ways, you know? No, I love that guy. I, lo- I love him. I, I want more comics with him in it. I just want them to be written yeah. by Ennis and illustrated by Steve Dillon. <laughs> I'm I'm worried that they'll start doing new stories because of the show or something. I don't I want this to like live and die as the 66 issues that it was. Yeah. Like you see, you see they just announced uh some possible like Watchmen TV show which I just saw somebody no. post under the under the headline of like who wants this? No. Like like who If they turn like before Watchmen into a TV show that would be horrible. Oh yeah. god. So, Even that movie. Uh let's uh, I'm not going to go there. Okay. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Speaking of movies, uh I finally I finally watched uh watched Logan. Oh you, you did. Stop yelling at. What do you think? Oh man. Uh, oh that it uh, was so good. It was so fucking good. Really? Yeah, 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 well, yeah. So let's talk about the ending. Spoilers ahead, I guess. Okay. But the, I had a, I was totally into it until there was a group of kids that was being tortured. There's something about. Okay, I'm with you. you I, I don't know, man. I just wish it was just old man Logan killing people for two hours. Now this this comes up this comes up frequently for you, and this is I think uh, at, at, as a father yourself, you have you have yeah, real trouble I do, I do. when kids are uh, in pain or in peril. It's true. No, speaking of before Watchmen, even one time on the train, they even alluded in the most indirect way that a kid had been abused. Uh-huh. And I just started weeping on the train, man. And yeah. I'm telling you, it was like a quarter of a tiny panel. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also those kids, I didn't think were like the best actors. You get what I mean? Like it felt like a yeah. setup for a new mutants movie rather than the end of Logan. I oh, see. I disagree. I think it was absolutely it was it was, you know, the world they now inhabit where like the mutants were all gone, you know. And again, like this, this almost this goes a little bit back to Cassidy where it's like. They should all be dead and gone, but like Logan just can't like he can't he can't fucking die. Right. right. So he's sort of like he so he sort of trudges on and then out of obligation takes care of Xavier. And then, you know, again out of obligation takes care of what is essentially his daughter. And like it had like 
did it have some sort of cliche stuff of like, oh, he makes a grand sacrifice to, you know, to to save her or whatever. Like, OK, maybe. But I don't know. I really liked I liked the whole world they set up without like without that stereotypical opening credits, like flash of a bunch of news clips, you know, sure. where it's like yeah, conflict yeah, yeah. in the Middle East and like oil is drying up. And by the way, like the way they built the whole thing was it, it had sort of a soft touch to it, you know, and then for me. As soon as they're in that hotel room in the casino watching Shane, I'm like, oh, fuck. Because, like, you know, Shane ends, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're watching that. And I'm like, oh, that's nope. No one's making it to the end of this one, you know? <laughs> and so from there, like, just watching how, how, it all, uh, how it all played out and the fact that, you know, I don't know. I guess, again, it's such a cliche to have something like, you know, this thing that always made you strong, like your adamantium and your healing factor, like is now what's killing you. Like that should be a really trite sort of like obvious cliche, but I just felt like the way it was handled in the movie, just man, just got to me. Look, I'm, 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 I liked it. I really did. I just, the, the stuff with the kids just pulled me out of it, but that stuff, I mean, the stuff when they stopped at the farmhouse or whatever, Mm -hmm. and the, the, that whole interaction and the clone of Wolverine coming in or whatever that was, that whole thing, man, That was great. Oh, when the clone does Xavier. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things where I I said, holy shit. And it was for like half a second. It was like, wow, like is Wolverine really? Did he really just finally like get up the nut to like put him out of his misery? You know? Right. But then, you know, it's it's the whole other thing. And yeah. And again, like it's these guys are on the run from, you know, the the, the Reavers or whatever they're, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever their analogs were from these very bad people and these this kindly family uh, led by the the doctor from ER who were like, come have dinner at our house. And I'm like, well, they're all dead. Yeah, like, just it, it's it's that it's that sort of like tragic thing of like, you know, the, the just the death follows you everywhere you go. Like, don't have dinner at their house. Like, that's, you're signing their death warrant, you son of a bitch. No, and even Logan the whole time is like, we got to get out of here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because he knows because he's I mean, that's that's been his whole life is like, you know. Uh, anybody that anybody that latches onto him for a second winds up fucking dead. So I don't know. I really liked it. And I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a fitting. I thought it was a fitting end. I'm glad there wasn't like an after credit scene where like, yeah, me too. you know, his claws punch up through the grave. Like that's it. It's done. <laughs> yeah. That would know? be bad. Um, <laughs> did, did you see wonder woman? No, not yet. All right. Let's not I, talk about I it. I have, I have left the house with plans to see Wonder Woman no less than three times. We'll like go, I'm like, let's go to dinner and a movie. And then we'll go to dinner and be like, I don't really feel like sitting in a theater for a couple hours. And so then we don't go to the movie. So um, I, the only thing I'll say about it is that it is absolutely as good as everybody says it is. Good, good. That's yeah, that's what I'm. Uh, it was one of those where like the reviews came in. I'm like, you know, whatever reviews. But then like all of you, like you and the rest of my nerd friends were like, no, but seriously, it's yeah, real yeah. good. It's directed by a Cooper Union graduate named Patty Jenkins. I didn't know she was a Cooper Union. Yeah, that's great. It's awesome. It's awesome. She's yeah. even been mentioning it in some of the press, which is great for us. So that's I awesome. Really yeah, I appreciate it. The other thing I've been reading, which uh, I won't get into too much, but I'll just share some funny stuff about it, which is so the current uh, Marvel event is Secret Empire. And and this is the one where uh, this is springing out of the fact that Cap has always been a deep cover agent for Hydra and is now in charge of everything and everybody's bad. I guess I haven't actually read, I haven't read the recent issues yet. Uh-huh. So here's what happened. So somebody shared with me, uh, Rob, my friend Rob showed me that Punisher shows up in issue three 
Jesus and Christ. You're like, a, you're like an addict. I know, dude. And he says, <laughs> and he says, Hail Hydra. Oh, boy. Wow. And he has a Hydra Punisher mashup logo on his chest. Oh, that's actually kind of dope. I can, it's like the skull, but like yeah, the tentacles so it or something. It would make for a great t shirt, man. It really would. All right. That's dope. But being the sort of twisted, you know, problem that I have, I was like, mm-hmm. well, who's Secret Empire? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I went yeah. back to the origins of Secret that's, Empire. That's how they get you. And again, I like you say, "Who's Secret Empire?" So like, "Who's the secret? Who's the Secret Empire fellow I've been hearing about?" Well, it's a it's a spinoff group of Hydra. Sure. So it's a loose affiliation, let's call it. And I went back, and the fir- they first appear like in a Tales to Astonish, I think, with a Hulk, with the Hulk, and then they appear in a plot about the Beast, which. The only reason this is worth sharing is because I'm reading this weird comic waiting for Secret Empire to show up. Mm-hmm. Now, these are, these, are, these are recent back issues? No, or this, is this like, is like 1972. Oh, no. So this is one of those things where like some comics writer was like rereading through the archives and was like, oh, here's this little tiny splinter of a character that was mentioned once and never used. Now let's make it into a thing. Oh, no, you'll, you, it actually is a little more elaborate than that. So the, the one funny thing about the beast thing is it happened to be the the one run where beast grows his hair and turns blue. Okay. So that was a weird thing to just read on accident, which was great, which was written by Jerry Conway, the guy who invented the Punisher. So anyway, it was now wait, he turns, he turns gray. Then he turns blue, right? No, he just grows all this crazy. Oh no, you're right. They actually change his color halfway through that run. They say, yeah. they end up saying he's black. Okay. But with like blue highlights, and it was very strange. But yeah, the, basically, but that's when he becomes furry. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. Not not when he becomes a furry. That's a whole separate storyline <laughs> that I'm working on. That Marvel will probably send me a season assist for. I'll illustrate that for you. And then the next time Secret Empire appears is a run that you've heard about, but you probably haven't read, which is a Steve Englehart run in Captain America, where mm-hmm. it's essentially revealed that. This whole plot was uh, uh, the whole secret empire, like number one, the main guy in secret empire at that time was Richard Nixon. Okay. And that when that gets uncovered, that's the reason Cap stops being Captain America and becomes Nomad. So secret empire is actually really, I don't know, prominent in the Captain America mythology, I guess. So it makes sense that it's come back and why it references that story because the, I think the idea is, is that he's been a Hydra agent since that storyline. Okay. I think, but that's where I'm at now. I just read that, which is a crazy fun story to read. I have to say, cause you know, like Richard Nixon ends up, they never say explicitly that it's Richard Nixon until later issues, I think, but Richard Nixon takes his own life. Oh, that's a shame. Instead of being revealed. And then they use a body double to resign in Watergate. Anyway, it's a ridiculous story that, it's on it's on Marvel Unlimited, so you could find it. It's it's right. absolutely ridiculous, kind of bonkers Marvel in the seventies. I wonder if at the time people were like writing in letters and like I so like Richard Nixon shows up and they're like I'm tired of these comics being so political. Like I didn't like I just want my comics to be comics, you know. Like um, I don't. Angle, I'm sure they Angle were. Hart said something in an article I read about how. Um, I mean, I guess because he was so disgusted by what happened with Watergate, he felt obligated to have Captain America respond. Which I thought I was like pretty it. hilarious. That's interesting. Which is funny that Secret Empire would now be coming up again. You know, like, I mean, not to make Watergate Trump connections, but just this idea of like this deep government fucking with things. I don't know, it's just fun to read yeah. anyway. Yeah. Like just the, the corruption that's so like pure and black into the core that it's like it's been there since yeah, before you right, realized it was exactly. there, that sort of thing. And yeah. then the other thing I read, which 
I enjoyed but can't recommend was the new was the new Kingpin comic. <laughs> I really love our I enjoyed this but cannot recommend well, it. Well, it's like it ends in a kind of a not great way and it's it, this, huh. the the premise is is that the Kingpin is back, which how many stories have we read where the Kingpin is back? Back back from where? Like where well, that's where was it? it? I don't I, I the last one I read was d- during Civil War 2, there was like a 5 issue Kingpin series. Okay. And I just don't remember how that ended, to be honest. So he's back yeah. from that. <laughs> okay. But in this, this time, he's is sick. he still blind? No, he's not blind. No. I don't even remember last time him I, being blind. This is the last time I like registered him. I think it was during like what Bendis's run in Daredevil when he got betrayed by his men, stabbed, which somehow made him blind, and then he ran away to Europe. Maybe. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that might. I actually think you're right about that. But yeah, in this one, the premise is like he hires a reporter who covers boxers to tell his story and she gets like infected by his world and can't stay pure. It's not, it's just, I like Kingpin, the character It's told from the point of view of the reporter. It's one of those like kind of, uh, no, kind of it like, never goes that it never, a little no. bit. It follows her more than him. Let's say, gotcha. I don't know. I wanted it to be better. I love Kingpin. And it just wasn't, it wasn't that great on my, on my current reading list. Uh, let's see the new, uh, new defenders book by Bendis just came out, which I haven't read yet, but I'm very much looking forward to. Oh, nice. Just today, like just hours ago, uh, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, written by a uh, friend of the show in my head, uh, Chip Zardsky, uh, <laughs> is out today. So I'm looking forward to that because I think he'll have a real sort of like fun, weird take on Spider-Man. So I'm down for that. And then in, um, I know I, I told you when you mentioned the Kingpin uh, before we started recording, uh, I told you about my sort of new policy of like for those one-off minis, I just sort of wait for him to hit Unlimited. Yep. Uh, I'm a liar. Uh, because there's a new Black Bolt uh, mini out that is real. I've read one issue and it's real, uh, real good. And it's got some fucking great art of just weird inhuman shit. Like I like weird inhuman shit. So a black, who, who's it by this Black Bolt book? Uh, it's by, uh, let's see. Um, nobody I recognize. Uh, Saladin Ahmed and Christian Ward. Okay. Uh, that just came out. And uh, the second issue just dropped like last week. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, and so it's sort of like it starts with him. Uh, he's been in prison somehow. He's being told to repent. Um, and then I tell you this. Uh, I don't know if this works for you. If I can hold this up like this, this page. No, wait. Ed is showing me a comic. Yeah. Now I'm not holding pictures up to this. Uh, this like splash page of him like breaking okay, out of his shackles. I was like, yeah, I'm in for this. All right. Yeah, I'll watch that. That looks really good. It's got some. <laughs> it's just got some pretty cool art. Or read that, I should say. Yeah, you're gonna read it with your face. Um, other than that, like I'm still I'm still on Squirrel Girl uh, every single time it comes out, and I laugh my ass off. Did you see that interaction I had with the artist from Squirrel Girl? Yeah. So she. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a bragger. Did I see it? You sent know, it to I me. Sent Don't it pretend to me. We're like, supposed oh, to pretend it's you, podcast it? land, man. Podcast magic. Uh, yeah. So she what? She her her mom always wanted her to go to Cooper Union. No, uh, I faved and, and a tweet she, where she said she had drawn like I don't know, like it seemed like a thousand pages of Squirrel Girl or something. Yeah. And I I just liked it, and she uh, subtweeted me something like the dean of the school my mom wanted me to go to just faved one of my tweets. Yeah. And then I found out that she took classes like high school classes in art at Cooper Union. That's rad. So she's in the family. It's awesome. Yeah. So that that's what it was. Uh, wasn't didn't somebody design a Marvel logo? Oh yeah, my former student Victor did a bunch of Marvel logos. He did the all the Civil War two branding and the new Punisher logo, and 
Yeah, yeah, it's you got great. your you got your Wonder Woman, you got your Wonder Woman director, you got your Squirrel Girl Dude, artist. I found I even found out that um racking them up, that man. Harvey Kurtzman, the guy who invented Mad Magazine and wrote like the first twenty three issues, he t- he spent a year at Cooper Union. Oh no shit! Wow. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's nuts. God pedigree. <laughs> it's a great place. We should wrap up. Yeah, we should. Where where can people find us, Ed? Uh, you are Essel on Twitter. I'm Ed Casey on Twitter. We are Issue Show on Twitter. Uh, and we are issueshow.com on the internet. It's true. Yeah. And so occasionally people will send us uh, uh, snacks they find. We're always interested in your snack talk and your snack takes. I know that we didn't even scratch the surface of Preacher. So uh, as you're screaming into your podcast machine, how can you not talk about from Preacher? Just go ahead and tweet that at Mike. <laughs> and I think uh, we're we're legally obligated to tell you to uh, write us a review on iTunes uh, so that more people may find the show and send us Oreos. Like, comment, and subscribe. Nope, that's YouTube. Sorry. Uh, and we're strangely uh, not sponsored by, uh, by any mattress companies, but, you know, maybe someday. <laughs> all right, Ed. That's all I got. I'll talk to you later. Bye, Mike. Bye. You know, hold on one second. I think my chair is squeaking. One second. Oh, yeah, that's me. Hold on one sec. Seems to have returned with some sort of a stool situation. I think this one squeaks, too.